Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on, wherever it is that you are, I'd like you to just go ahead and just thank God. He's the only one for us. You're the only one for us. And this evening, once again, we acknowledge you, our Father. We acknowledge you, our King. We lift your name high. You are great and greatly to be praised. There is none like you, none compares to you. We look north, south, east, west, up, down, wherever, all around. There is no one like you. And this evening, once again, we have come to acknowledge you and say thank you, O God. Thank you, Father. We love you. We honor you. We lift you up. You are good. You are kind. You are great. You are everything to us. In you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. It is because of you that we can see this second half of the year. It is because of you that we can have hope for tomorrow. In spite of all the challenges that have faced us, in spite of all the things that the devil threw at us, it is because of you that we still stand today. And with gratitude in our heart, we say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, King. You are the King of kings and the Lord of Lords. We, we lift your name high, oh God, and we say thank you. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this Tuesday evening for the opportunity to have our eyes working, our ears working. We can listen to your word. We can see and look into your word. We are just grateful, oh God, for this church, this amazing church, three years. We say thank you, year one, year two, year three. And we are on the fourth and we just say thank you. You have kept us and preserved us. There is so much gratitude in our hearts towards you today. And once again, we say thank you. Thank you, oh God. We, we say thank you thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're at home, if there's gratitude in your heart uh, for just one minute, I want you to say thank you. That gratitude well up from your inside. Uh, gratitude well up from your inside uh, to our King and our Maker. And we say thank you. Thank you, oh God. Uh, we do not take every single thing that you have done for granted. Uh, and we say thank you once again. Uh, it is you that has made us. Uh, it is you that has called us. Uh, it is you that delivered us uh, for your mercies by your mercy we are not consumed we say thank you oh god thank you oh god thank you oh god oh we worship you today oh you are a good god and you're a good father oh thank you father oh we say thank you thank you father in the name of jesus oh hallelujah 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 it is good to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is good to lift his name and to worship him and to adore him and to lift him up above every other thing that may be facing you. It is a good thing. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. You are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome to Gethsemane this evening online. I hope that you have had a good day. I hope you are at home. I hope you are comfortable enough and set up for something that God is about to do to you this evening. And I say welcome once again. If you have a friend that would like to join in, why not share this link to this message? If you, can, if you are watching on YouTube, there's a link there. You can just share it. Share it on your status. Share it to your friends. Invite them to watch. God is about to bring a word for a better half. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In starting this evening, we're going to be looking into God's word. And I just want to ask a few questions, really. How has the second half been so far? You know, today is the 6th of July. Time is already running. Time is going already, but guess what? God has so many good things in store for us. Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. So whatever it is that you may be going through, whatever it is, maybe even if you're in a good place, hallelujah, everything is being arranged for your good. Hallelujah. So whatever it is that may have happened up until July 6th, thank God it is all for your good. Hallelujah. And all to the glory. Glory of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I feel like saying it again. Uh, you can maybe type it on the comment section. Welcome to the second half. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, the second half is, is something that is very important, you know. Um, when God created the heavens and the earth, Bible says that on the seventh day, God rested. Rest is important, hallelujah. Rest is very crucial. Rest is very vital. In fact, one of the reasons why God created sleep is so that our body can catch up. Our body can repair certain things. Your brain, your brain should go to rest and, and rest from all the work that you have gone through throughout the day. Rest is important. That's what important is for the second half. At the crossover from one half to another, it is, is important for us to go through a season of rest and recalibrate a season of rest and realignment, a season of rest and review. When we do those kind of reviews, what happens is we are able to make and make adjustments that are important for our life. Hallelujah. In when we go through rest, when we can relax and engage our minds and our thoughts. Hallelujah. One of the things that happens is we are able to recalibrate. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we're going to be looking into scripture this evening and I hope that you are expectant for a word from God for your second half. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to please open to the book of Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 103. You know, on Sunday, Pastor Shalak got up on, on stage and he, he said something very important. He said, in this second half, there are two things that we must do. It must be a continuous season of prayer and thanksgiving. A continuous season of prayer and thanksgiving. A continuous season of prayer and thanksgiving. And then we can see what the, the psalmist was doing here. I, I like the, um, the top part. He says, it is a psalm of David. Now let's go through. Hallelujah. David was talking here. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles I like the tense that David uses. I like the tense that he uses there. He didn't say that God who forgave all our iniquities. He didn't say God who healed all our diseases. He didn't say God who redeemed your life from destruction. He didn't say God who crowns who crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He says that it is a doing of the Lord continuously. That is why he says he forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies. Hallelujah. What that means is that God is not only committed to the first half of this year. I am so happy. I'm I'm so grateful that God is also committed to the second half of this year. So what that means is that if we saw the goodness of God in the first half, if we saw the redemptive power of God in the first half, what that means is that you can expect to see that redemptive power in the second half. If God protected you from evil calamity, if God healed your body in the first half, if you got good grades or you got good contracts in the first half, you can be rest assured that in this second half, God is committed to continue. And that is why he said in the very first verse, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why did he say my soul? He was asking that his mind should be involved in this process. I ask you this evening, as you prepare and as you have entered into the second half of this year, I'd like you to actually write a list. What are the things that God has done for me already? What are the things that God did for me in the first half of this year? Maybe you are there and you are still breathing. You don't have to use an oxygen tank. You don't have to be on the hospital bed. You are breathing by your own volition. You don't, have, you don't need aid to breathe. I think it's a good reason to thank God. You know, sometime last year, for such a long time, I don't know whether it was the aftermath of the pandemic, but I just noticed that I just had difficulty breathing. Difficulty breathing difficulty breathing and then I remember the day that I felt God's power and I woke up one morning and it was all gone and I could thank God for the ability to breathe it seemed as though the nasal pores in my in my nostrils were open at full blast and I could breathe in the breath of life hallelujah I was grateful to God trust me you don't know what it means to be able to breathe unaided May you not have to experience that kind of situation in the name of Jesus. May you not have to. May you not have to. Hallelujah. If you're there and then your job is still intact, I think it's good ground to thank God. Your job is still intact. You have a job to go to and to come back from. It doesn't have to be perfect. I can imagine Joseph in Potiphar's house. This was the last born, the child with the coat of many colors. He didn't have to work to eat, but here he was sold as a slave to Potiphar. But then yet in Potiphar's house, Bible says that the Lord was with him. 
So whatever the situation may be right now, your boss is not perfect at work, but you've got a job that you can go to. I dare you to say thank you to God. Thank you to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, because you are good. Thank you, Father, because you have protect, provided this. In, in the times that God provided for you in the first half of this year, it did not, see, it not seem as though you are going to have the next meal to eat, but somehow you are still alive because God showed up. It is a good ground to say thank you, Father. Forget not. He says forget not because sometimes it's easy to forget. You know, um, some years ago, I found myself in a position where I was so hurt by somebody who had been so good to me. Guess what? When I was hurt, it was easy to forget the good that the person had done. It was easy to forget all the nice things that he had done for me. How he had helped me when I was going through stuff. How he was there for me. But then because of one situation or one circumstance, it was easy for me to forget. And I was angry and I was bitter. But guess what? I had to engage my mind and say, Dito, what is wrong with you? This lady was there for you. This lady was there for you when you, when you were nothing. What do you do? You better be grateful. As I engaged my mind, what happened? I had to realign. I ask you this, this evening to forget not his benefits. I ask you this evening to remember the goodness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. To remember the kindness of God. To remember and be grateful. Because thoughtful people are grateful people. Once you can think and actually take a pen. I remember I had a friend during my NYC. You know what my friend does? He talked about how sometimes when he's thinking about his life and the things that we, things are not going the way they ought to go. You know what he does? He stops. He takes a piece of paper and he begins to write. Oh, I had a first class. Oh, I, I have a job. Oh, I have a car. Oh, I have a place to sleep. And he begins to write it consciously. You cannot get to number seven and gratitude and all well up from your heart. Hallelujah. You can't get there because God is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. Ever faithful. You know what he said in the book of Timothy? He said, though we are unfaithful, he, can, he, can, he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful. Remains faithful. He remains faithful. You engage your mind. You engage your mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, we see an amazing scripture. It says, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. What that means is that it is possible to, to do thanksgiving, to give thanks without it being from our heart. You, can, you know, you can actually give thanks without your heart being there. When it says, lift up your hands, Father, I thank you, I worship you, I lift your name, El Jehovah, Rafa, Jehovah, Nisi, Jehovah, Elohim, Jehovah, 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 Jehovah. You know, that is just a rap, vain repetitions. But when your heart is truly involved, when you know that God was there for you, when you know that God was the one that prevented that accident from happening, He was the one that prevented that thing from taking your life, gratitude can well up. In your heart, hallelujah. It's divine th thanksgiving, is actually divine protocol. We saw that scripture that we read on Sunday. It says, Enter with the password. Thank you. Come on, I'd like you to write it out right now. Write it out right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. 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 As you enter into this second half, our instruction from our pastor let it be prayer with thanksgiving. Let thanksgiving not be far from your mouth in this house. 
Let it not be far from your mouth in this house. Because if you are thankful, there is something about praise and thanksgiving. The hand of God can be visibly manifest when we thank Him. When He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We can, like Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice again. Again, I say unto you, rejoice. We can rejoice. We can rejoice and we can say thank you. Thank you to God. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're grateful. We're grateful for the new. We're grateful for lives. We're grateful for people that have been saved, bodies removed, yokes destroyed. Thank you, Lord, for your healing, for preserving this church. Thank you, Lord, for the doors that you have opened unto us. We thank you for hope for tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the lives that we are yet to reach. We thank you in advance. We say thank you. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Listen, you cannot thank God and His presence will not be manifest. You cannot thank God and His power will not be manifest. David knew it. He said, when I go into the sanctuary, I want to see your power and your glory. It was, the secret was thanksgiving. Thanking the Father. Oh, thanks be to God who always causes us to try our thanksgiving. Don't let it be too far from your mouth in the second half of this year, this thanksgiving. And we do it consciously. We do it consciously. Hallelujah. I like to read a scripture. Because in doing, in, in looking at the first half, maybe your situation was that you were disappointed. It did not really go well. You were not happy. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30. Hallelujah. I read from verse 1. It says, now it happened. David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. You see fire Fire is an irreversible process. It's something that you can't reverse. There's hardly anything you burn that can be restored. Hardly anything that you burn. In fact, when buildings burn, it's usually advisable for it to be brought down and then built again. Because fire actually affects the strength on the walls. How much more paper and clothes and all those precious things that they had. Bible says that the city was actually burned. So maybe the first half of this year was actually a burn for you. The things that you had started, everything was burnt to the ground. It seems that though you had to start again from ground zero. Maybe that's the case, but I'm showing you somebody that was just like you in scripture. And David had his man, that relationship that had been there for four years. And then suddenly in the month of April... Just two months after Valentine's, you had a good time in February. You came to watch butterflies. But then the boss now comes and says that it's not working. He comes and says that it is, he's just not feeling it. Or, is, or is it in the case of the lady, the lady comes and says that, ah, I'm sorry, it's not working. I have tried for so long, but, but it's really not working. And then as the guy, you begin to think, I bought a Gucci shoes. I bought a Ralph, Ralph Lauren top. I bought a Louis Vuitton bag. 
I brought her all these things. I introduced her to my mom. I gave her my life savings when she was in school. I almost entered into trouble because of this lady. And then she has forgotten. And then that relationship is literally burnt down to the ground. You, or you embarked on a project and you had so much hope. You had so much hope that this thing was finally going to click. After so many years of analysis and things that you wanted to do. And then it, was seemed, it seemed as though it was burned down to the ground. I have a word from God for you today. Let's look into scripture. And David and his men came to the city and there his words burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. Until they had no more power to weep. Wow. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, the widow, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Oh, I like that final phrase. That means that when, you, when your back is on the ground and you have absolutely no choice anymore. Why was David able to strengthen himself in the Lord? Because he began to remember how God delivered the lion into his hands how God delivered the bear into his hands how God delivered Goliath into his hands how God saved him from the arrows of Saul how God saved him from his enemies he had absolutely no choice listen folks we have absolutely no choice and we are absolutely disappointed our only choice is the father Babu says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. He knew that he had just had to go back to the Father. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the effort here to me. And he brought the effort to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? And shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Listen, folks, I bring a message of hope to you this evening. If everything was burnt down in the first half, you can recover all you can recover all because the person that you are dependent for your recovery is not a man it's definitely not the central bank of Nigeria neither is it the president of Nigeria nor is it the president of the United States it is the God Almighty God Almighty or you may have lost some funds you had so many plans for those for that fund and then you invested it in this and they gave you all the guarantees and when it was payday they started telling you stories that touched the heart we are sorry i'm afraid i'm sorry so 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 and so has happened since this and that has happened but, but guess what god can still help you to recover sometimes you're going to have to stay in your room alone and you're going to have to encourage yourself in the lord you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Encourage yourself and remind yourself about what he has done in the past. Because if he did it before, he can do it again. Hallelujah. He can do it again. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture. The book of Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. 
I'll read. Glory be to God. God was the one speaking here. He says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I'll focus on the first part and then I'll focus and then I'll go into the third verse. It says, come now, let us reason together. Listen guys, let me tell you something little. It is not wise if the first half and the results that you saw in the first half were not, did not work. It's not wise to continue in that way. The wise thing to be is to be like David and to go to the Father like he's inviting us here. Come now, let us reason together. Reasoning is a function of the mind. You know, in our, in our conversations with God, you know, we've taught it. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Bible says he that prays an unknown tongue does not speak to men but to God for no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit we speak mysteries. You know it is very important that we spend some time to pray in the spirit and to exercise our spirit and to charge up ourselves like a battery like Jude chapter 1 and verse 20 says. But guess what? Sir? Sometimes that you're going to have to sit down and take a pen and say, Father, let us talk. In fact, he invited us here in the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Come now, Shade. Come now, Femi. Come now, Phoebe. Come now, Okechuku. Let us reason together. Let us reason together. What does it mean for us to reason together? It means that let us go through and do some analysis. Let us go through and go through some thought process. And let us see what are the things that we need to make adjustments in. You know that prayer that Pastor Shola taught us according to Psalm 139, the last verse. If there's any evil way in me, search me, O God. Turn me in the way of life eternal. Turn me, Father. He says, come now, let us reason together. The plans that we had for the first half, were they according to his plans? Or were they just our own plans, our own will, our own pursuits, our own purposes, our own drive, our own desires, our own schemes? Or were they according to the things that he actually told you to focus on in 2021? Come now, folks, and let us reason together. Come now, let us do this analysis. Come now and let us think. Come now. And let us reason together, says God. Because it is actually an invitation for intimacy. You know, Dorian Lee, Pastor Dr. K made a very, a very important statement. He said to us, he said, don't be afraid of the depth. Some of us, we like to just play at the, at the skirtings, at the edge, at the edge, at the edge of the pool. It's time to begin to dive in into depth. Because it was not, it is not God's will for you to dwell at ankle level alone. Sometimes you have to go to the waist. Sometimes you have to go to the chest. And then at the point you have to begin to swim. And go deep. And go deeper. Deeper into the Father. Deeper into His desires for you. Deeper into His will for you. He said, come now. Let us reason together. Let's engage our thoughts. These things and these decisions that you made, it was actually not my will. Did you remember that I had a restraint? You felt a restraint. And then, but you still went ahead. 
You can pick out the, the, the plans that God showed you at the beginning of this year. Key, key performance indices and KPIs. Were your dreams too small? Were they too big and overwhelming? Or were they according to the plans of the Father? It's very important for us to take this invitation. They don't come now and let us reason together. Come now and let us reason together. God is not deaf. <laughs> he wants to actually converse with you. We saw the prototype in the book of in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis. Bible says, and God came in the cool of the day to have communion with Adam and Eve. Communion with them. Come now, let us reason together. Let us plan. Let us let us look at this second half. What are the adjustments that we have to make? What are the adjustments that we have to make? I like to say this here though. The review of the first half of the year is not for you to feel condemned. Because in Christ Jesus, Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death no condemnation this invitation in fact it is a mercy invitation from God and what's, in, what's this invitation saying this invitation is saying I want the outcome of your 2021 to still be good I want the outcome of your 2021 to still be great so come now and let's converse come now let us reason together folks it's an invitation an invitation to the Father to recalibrate an invitation from the Father to come back to Him and to hear from Him and to listen for His voice. Come now, let us reason together. Why must we begin to align to His will and to His plans? It's very important for us to do that. Why? I'd like to read a scripture. Roman, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Proverbs 24 and verse 16. Hallelujah. Let's see what it says here. It says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, and he will rise again. You may have stumbled on those plans and those things that God told you to do in the first half of this year. I encourage you. I bring a message of hope. Go back again. Try again. He's a merciful father. Yes, time may be running out. Time may be running out and God opens doors. He opens doors. But guess what? I dare you to go back to the Father. Because he was, you, seven times you may have fallen and stumbled. But seven times you will rise again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory be to God. There's another word I'd like to bring to you today. In verse 19 of that scripture, he says, If you are willing and obedient you will eat the good of the land I like that verse there are three parts to that verse I like the last part it says you eat the good of this land oh they've banned Twitter there's good in this land oh there are bandits everywhere there's good in this land oh there are pipeline vandals everywhere there's no light 
no, no security, no this, no that. So much, many bad news. There are protests, there's agitation everywhere. He says, there's good in the land. How do we know that there's good in the land? He created the land. He created the land. In this same economy, people are moving from thousand level to millions level. In this same economy, they are people moving from the millions to the billion flow. How are they doing it? There is good in this land. So you can either react to evil, evil stories, you can either react to evil reports by joining them or by responding. There's good in this land. There's good in this land. But then he says, if you be willing and obedient. Some of us, maybe we did not do the, the work that God told us to do. We didn't do it the way we ought to do it because we were obedient, but really not willing. What's the difference? When you are obedient but not willing, an instruction is given and you just do it. You don't really believe in it. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of, <laughs> of this story about this little boy in, in Sunday school. And then because he's making noise, the teacher tells him to stand up. And then he stands up. And then he tells the teacher, I may be standing up, but inside of me, I'm really sitting down. <laughs> so that's, that's a boy that is obedient, but not willing. When you're willing and you're obedient, your heart is connected to it. Your heart is really involved in it. Your heart is looking at it and saying, ah, how can I get, how can I get this done? Nobody has to chase you. Nobody has to put fire. Nobody has to make you, drive you. But guess what? Deep within, from inside of you, you are willing and obedient. Consecration is not easy. <laughs> Man likes comfort. Man likes to just do things the way he has done it before. Consecration is a call to bend and to be realigned. Consecration is a call to bend over your will to align with the one who is calling. Come out from amongst them and be ye separate. It's a consecration call. Don't do it the way the masses are doing. Don't do business. Don't, do, don't be an employee the way everybody is doing it. Come, I will show you great and mighty things I did not know. You can be a mighty man in that place, but you have to consecrate and be fully aligned to my will, says God. Consecration is not easy. But guess what? In your consecration, there is empowerment. In your consecration, there's an endowment with grace. Maybe you were not effective at the beginning part of this year because you were obedient but not willing. Your heart was not fully connected to those things that you felt God was telling you to do. And those dreams that he has placed in your heart. There was a fight. I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to get this done. But let's look at the book of Luke. Luke chapter 22. Let's see the perfect example. Jesus. Luke chapter 22. Verse 42 to 43. Luke 22, 42 to 43. I'll read. Let's start from verse 41. It says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. This was Jesus' encounter in Gethsemane. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I like verse 43. He says, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Angelic strength 
an angelic empowerment comes in the direction of those who are fully consecrated. Here was Jesus battling with, with, with the pains of the cross. He could see the joy. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He was able to endure all that rigor. He was able to do it and carry out the will of the Father because he prayed that prayer of consecration. I ask you today, let there be a realignment in your heart as we go into this second half. Father, not my will, but yours be done. And I choose to not only be obedient, but I choose to do it with all my heart. There will always be a marked difference. There will always be a grace that can flow in that direction. Don't be like that little boy that says I may be standing up, but inside of me, I'm sitting down. Don't be going about the work of the ministry. Don't be going about that business that God told you to enter into. And then deep inside, you're just doing, let me see if it will work. It, it will not work. Be like Abraham. Get out of your country and out of your kindred, out of your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll, be a, you, I'll make you a blessing. A blessing that bless you. I'll cause you, I'll cause you through you all the families of the earth to be blessed. Be like Abraham. And Abraham departed. Just do it like him. Just do it like him. Just do it like him. It's important for us to note that it is when we are consecrated to his will. In the book of Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21, it says there are very many imaginations and devices and schemes and plans in the heart of a man. But the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Psalm 33 and verse 11, it is the counsel of the Lord that stands forever. It is God's counsel that stands forever. Not our own plans, guys. I encourage you today, be consecrated. Be consecrated to what he has told you. And if God, if you have not heard anything from God, be consecrated to the, to the words of your leaders and those that he has placed over you. Not only in the service of God, but also in the work of your hands. Let God lead you and guide you. Let him show you the way to go. Because in consecration, there is strengthening and empowerment. Finally, this evening, I want to say something that God dropped in my heart. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, trust me, I didn't come up with this. But I just felt led to share it as an instruction. He said, be continuously committed and be intentional about solving problems and adding value. I'll say that again. Be continuously committed and intentional about solving problems and adding value. Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God is committed to adding value. He gave us his son. The gospel is the message of the blessing. Bible says that when God appeared to Abraham, he preached the gospel to him. What was the gospel? I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. Through you shall all the families of the earth will be blessed. We see that in Galatians chapter 3. Value add. In the second half of this year, be committed to adding value. I'd like you to look at your role at work. Either your work in God's, in the, in the vine, in God's vineyard in church or in your workplace on your business. Am I really adding value? Or am I really just going with the flow? Who is saying thank you for the role that I have taken? 
who is looking at you and feels like because of this person, we are able to do so and so. Be committed to add value. I'll let you in on a secret. Your rewards in life, I heard this from a great man. Your rewards in life, they are determined by the problems that you are willing to solve. Why was Joseph rewarded with being prime minister? He resolved and solved the economic problems of Egypt, number one world power. What was Noah's role? He solved the problem of the preservation and the rescue of the human race and certain species. What was Moses' value add? His job was just to obey God and deliver a people, God's own nation, and take them out of Egypt. Joshua's value add, he was just to listen to God and take people into the promised land. The bigger the value you add, the bigger your rewards in life. If you want big rewards in the second half of this year, solve big problems. Solve great problems. Solve great problems. Hallelujah. Let's look at our final scripture this evening, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of one of our mentors, David. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 17. This was his encounter with Goliath. But then I'd like to read three verses, 34 to 37. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 to 37. Here he was, he had been brought before Saul. And David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. That was his job. That was his JD. That was his KPI. That was the role that was committed to him at that time. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. Listen, folks. Do you know that it was very possible for David to have looked at that lamb and said, ah, after all, it's not my lamb. Please let it go. But there was just something about David adding value in the small scale. He was keeping his father's sheep. In fact, he had a valid excuse to send an email to his boss. Dear boss, I was on my way to work, but a lion came on the street and took my car and did this and did that. Therefore, I cannot make that presentation that is, a hundred, that is supposed to fetch the organization $10 million or $10 million or whatever the cost is. He had a perfect example when it was in his father's house. But David was just a man that was committed to adding value. He decided to, no, not under my watch. Not under my watch. And so when it was time that an, a great opportunity presented itself in Goliath, that thing that pushed him to take out the lion and the bear came upon him again. That no, this is God's own people. Let's go on. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he would deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. I want you to see something smart that David did there. When David was responding in the time of the lion and the bear, he was inadvertently, he was preparing himself for Goliath. The little tasks that you have to be faithful with today, they are preparing you for Goliath. 
because he that is faithful in little, he did not say shall be faithful in much. He said he is faithful in much. You want to add big value in the second half of this year? Be faithful in the lion and the bear so that when Goliath comes, you are already prepared to take him down. You are already prepared. So be circumspect in the second half of this year. When that person comes to you and gives you an offer of something to add value in, do not just despise it. Launch out and be wise because you are preparing yourself for when Goliath is going to show up. You are preparing yourself when the big break is going to show up. You are preparing yourself. You are preparing yourself because he that is faithful is, is, he is faithful in, faithful in little is faithful also in that which is much so it, if this evening we're going to spend some time to pray we're going to spend just a few minutes about five minutes or so to pray because sometimes these little opportunities that are supposed to be our stepping stones for greater things sometimes we can despise them we can say we can, we can look down on them you can imagine that Joseph who was solving the problems of, was supposed to be prepared to solve the problems of Pharaoh. He had despised the time when he was in Potiphar's house. He could have said to himself, me, I'm destined for the throne. You cannot talk to me anyhow. How can you be telling me, me, the son of the, of, of the man of the covenant, how can you be telling me to serve you? Come on, I want to go back to my father's house. No. He was wise. He took that opportunity. He went into the prison. He continued to interpret dreams. When it was time for Pharaoh's dreams, he was more than ready. More than ready. Your rewards in life, they are determined by the problems that you are willing to solve. You solve the little ones today, you solve the large ones. So we're going to pray that God, according to the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, when he was praying there that the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, you can be seeing a, a vital stepping stone in front of you, an opportunity to be faithful. And you may be despising it. But guess what? I'd like you to begin to pray to God this evening. When the light of God dawns on your heart, you begin to recognize that this was indeed a fantastic opportunity. And then you begin to realign. You begin to realign in your mind. You begin to because start being faithful. And then you are willing and obedient so that he can eat the good of the land. So whatever it is that you are, I'd like you to begin to pray and say, Father, I ask that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. The little, little doors, little, little gates, little, little opportunities that you have brought for me that I have despised. I ask for your mercy, oh God, so that the second half of this year can be better. So that the second half of this year can indeed be greater. And I can fulfill your own desires and your plans, oh God. Come on, if you can, lift your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Galena balarega dega laganda dan de belegata ayakande patutu pelega ratena balaga yada eremanda eremanda ragalaga yatole bayata la dende sesese ayagarada la yana balabala bologo yo no 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 oyere elere de la gaya la 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 la
open eyes to see those things that you have actually brought my way. That friend that was supposed to be a good man, that one that I was supposed to help, that one that was supposed to lead me, oh God, help me to recognize them. I may have been blind, but I receive sight. I receive sight, sight to see, so that I can, I can walk in what you want for the remaining part of this year, oh God. This is my prayer today. Hey, so I pray for you that may your eyes recognize those little things that God has brought your way opportunities calling you come come deeper this is the door this is the opening take that opportunity because in, in, in the end I'm there in the end is your glorification things that you may have despised things that you may have ignored and packed to the back but God is calling this evening He's calling so that you can recognize them and see them in the name of Jesus. For just one minute, we're going to pray for the new. We're going to pray for this church. We're going to pray that beginning from the church itself. And then the members, the leaders, the workers, the pastors. We're going to be praying together in one. We're going to be praying that the God's agenda for the second half of this year. May it be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your voice and let's go ahead and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, we ask, oh God, that your will for the new in the second half of this year, everything that you have curated, everything that you have designed, everything that you have written in your books concerning this church, concerning impact, concerning destinies, concerning relationships, concerning families, concerning wealth, concerning healing, concerning your power, concerning your glory, concerning your anointing, everything, oh God, we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you empower us to do, you empower us, oh God, Father, realign us, Father, show us the way, and we are willing and obedient, and we go for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. Finally, this evening, I just felt led to pray. I pray for you that it seems as though you actually felt burned. Burned in a relationship. Burned in a business idea. Burned in your heart. Things that you actually expected. It seemed that though the dreams were totally shattered. I pray for you today. May the process of recovery begin now in the name of Jesus. May the process of recovery begin now in the name of Jesus. May it begin now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that with you we will testify and we will dance and we will rejoice with you. 
because it is the doing of the Lord and it is marvelous in our sight. So I dare you, your recovery begins today. I dare you, your recovery begins now in the name of Jesus. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.